The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and strategies to shake up the status quo in human resources and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're absolutely in the right place. And a little note here, this is episode number 13 in season three, in case you're keeping count. Season three of HR Trends with Game Changers, and we're going to take a little hiatus after the show. But you'll be able to find us at Voice America World Talk Radio and at the SAP News Center on the radio tab. We'll tell you more about that later. What an exciting topic I have for you today for our final show of season three, Emerging Brands. Brands is the buzz. What are we talking about? Well, I'm talking about you. So let's get started. If you think your company brand is the only one your organization and you need to worry about, listen up. Two new flavors of brands, I like to call it, are stealing the business spotlight. One is employer brand. I know we've talked about that in recent episodes. Another one is your personal brand. Don't think you have one? Sit still. We have a lot to tell you. So your HR team, are they considering the notion of employer branding as ah, passing fad, people will get over, it doesn't really matter? Not at all true. Are you ignoring the impact you, I'm talking to you, your personal brand could have? on the knowledge economy here as it moves into the social economy. You matter as a person. You are a brand. Don't think you have run. Oh, have we got a lot to tell you today. There's so much to consider. We've assembled a fabulous panel of experts to get you where you need to be on these two new flavors of branding. Let me introduce our first expert. It's Chris Hewer. He's the founder of Aligned. And here's a quote from Chris before he speaks. He says on the topic of reputation, Be known for what you know, how you are known, how you craft the story, and how you live your life. That's a lot to pack into one quote. (laughs) Chris Chris Ewer, welcome. How are you today? Uh, Very well, thank you. Very excited to be joining you and talking about this topic, one that seems to never end um, as we continue to expand the meaning and understanding of what it means to be a brand uh, for an individual and an employer. It gets very exciting. You know, a brand itself is something that distinguishes the company, typically, from others in the market. The same thing can be said about an individual, which is why having an authentic brand that represents who you really are is very important. It allows you to actually come through for what matters most to you and what drives your life and to make you memorable in that way. But ultimately, as most people know of a brand, it's a promise. It's a promise for consistency. It's a a promise for what it is that you know. It's a promise for how you conduct yourself and who you ultimately are. 
Chris, let me ask you a question. Do you think there's anybody in the business world today who is not aware that everything they say, everything they do, how they dress, how they speak, how they talk, how they walk, how they sign their email, that that is their personal brand? Is there anybody who thinks they don't have one? Um, I think there's a lot of people who don't care whether or not they do because (laughs) they're very internally focused. Um, But that, in effect, is their brand at the end of the day. Very interesting. Well, we want to wake up those dear souls and let them know that it does matter. And if you don't care, that's your brand, and that's what people will think about you. And that may not be what you want people to know. Thank you, Chris. Great introduction to our topic. Let's bring back a veteran performer, I want to say. Uh, (laughs) Kari Anderson has been on SAP Radio multiple times on many of our different series. She's known as SayItBetter.com. Look it up and you'll learn a lot about her. And here's one of Kari's words of wisdom she sent me for the show today. Speak to their positive intent, especially when they appear to have none. OMG, who has no positive intent? Kari Anderson, welcome back. How are you? Fine, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Talk to me. Positive intent. Who doesn't have one, or is that part of their brand? Tell me. I I think the counterintuitive thing about a brand is it's got to be about us. And so our goal isn't how they feel about us, but how they feel about themselves when they affiliate with our company and or with us. So bringing out their better side is going to be key. In fact, it is going to be about engagement more and more. And so our goal is to craft a story that when people hear it or see it, they see a role they want to play in it. So they participate by sharing or buying or suggesting improvements or new uses. They don't just like you or your company. They want to affiliate with you or your firm. Brian Moran, for example, motivates small business owners to Mm -hmm. get involved with large SAP, but he does it by sharing specific reasons for them to affiliate. That's my example. It's about us. Very interesting, Kari. I know you're a big believer of moving from from me to we and moving from the individual to the group. Uh, would you say that people understand this, that, that just being in business, whether you own a company, whether you're an employee of a company, whether you're a consultant all on your own little island trying to get people to do business with you, it is about crafting the story, as Chris Ewer so aptly put in his discussion of reputation, and what you're saying, it's about crafting that reputation where people will want to engage, because the bottom line, Kari, is that they, if they don't feel something about us, like, hate, whatever, if they don't want to engage with us on some level, we're sunk. There is no business affiliation. Would you say that's a pretty bottom line description? I think that's very well put, and I think specificity is key, and it's where you start. We still tend to talk about ourselves first rather than a situational cell where we speak first to their interest or need and then how we share it in some way and then to suggest a way they might want to do something, the you-us-me approach. Interesting. I'm just going to ask you a quick question before we bring on our third panelist. Kari, in light of the little bit we know about this topic between you and and, uh, Chris today so far in the show, if somebody was going to introduce themselves to you in a business context with the traditional handshake, although today because of hygiene it's supposed to be the fist bump so you don't get germs. (laughs) I saw that on CBS Sunday morning. It was like, really? That's one of the few civilized things left in the business world is a handshake, but beware. Anyway, I digress. Kari, how would somebody, why would you like somebody to introduce themselves to you rather than with an I statement, what would they say first? They say because of your interest in opportunity makers and how they create opportunity for others, I have an idea that I think you might be interested in. May I tell you about it? 
Wow. I sit and learn. Thank you very much. And let's bring on our third panelist. I know she's eager to join this conversation. It's another return guest, Jenny Dearborn. She's Senior Vice President and Chief Learning Officer at SAP. And Jenny has sent me this wonderful quote from Tom Peters from the brand called You. How appropriate today. And the quote is this. It's this simple. You are a brand. You are in charge of your brand. There is no single path to success and there's no one right way to create the brand called you except this start today or else well there's a there's a tough statement to end with Jenny Dearborn welcome back how are you today I'm great Bonnie good to talk to you again thank you so talk to me interesting quote from Tom Peters why don't you expand it for me yeah I like this quote a lot because it's very bold it really shakes people up and it's sort of meant to grab someone by the lapels and say, you know, wake up, you need to be in charge of your career, your life, your brand, all of your communication, all of your touch points, um, that people need to be very purposeful about projecting into the world who they are and what they want the world to think and feel about them. Um, you started by asking Chris and Carrie a um, a question about, you said something like, who doesn't know this, right? Mm-hmm. We all know about the importance of brand. And what I love is that we all think that everybody should know this, but shockingly, the data says that people don't. Um, what I love is there. there's a, a great um, survey from the GLG uh, uh, group, and it says, uh, they asked, whole group of people, and they, and they said, do you think that you are living your personal brand? 50% of the people say yes, which means half of the people say <laughs> that they're not. And then you uh-huh. dig a little bit deeper, and then you ask the 50% of the people who say they are living their brand, well, say, well define your personal brand. What is that? And only 15% of that group could actually articulate what their personal brand was, and then you dug a little bit deeper, and you said, well, do you think you are actually living your personal brand at work? And only 5% of the people said that they were. So most people don't know what it is, and then when they define it, they go, ah, I'm actually not in alignment with my personal brand in the workplace. So we all think, oh, this is so obvious. Everyone should know this. Who doesn't know this by now? But when you really dig into it, most people don't, which is why we're still having this conversation. Thank you for truth time. I'm going to do a little pop quiz of my panel. I think you can all, before I get to what's in your cup today, you know, the coffee storytelling, I'm going to ask you, let me start with Jenny Dearborn because I have you up now. Jenny, in two sentences, what is your personal brand? I would say bold, creative, authentic, um, stylish. That's a very important part of mm-hmm. who I am. I'm listing adjectives right now instead of giving a. Um, That's fine. Uh, a uh, sentence. Um, innovation is very important to me. So you know, those are sort of things that I would define as as who I am, and it's very much steeped in. Uh, being born and raised in Silicon Valley and being a part of the, the innovation sort of technology center and really loving the different um, innovators that have come out of this, this valley. So really creativity, pushing the envelope, and innovation is, is, is essential to kind of who I am and how I lead as a business person. In a stylish way. We got that. Thank you, Jenny. Great. Chris Hewer, personal brand. What do you have to say? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, in that I'm bold and direct, let me say that my real personal brand is 
known as someone who figures it out. <laughs> That's the broad kind of sense of it. Um, but really, more importantly, in terms of you know who I am in the business world and in my life, um, I'm really a holistic business strategist, somebody who sees the whole picture instead of the individual parts. But I'm also a creative technologist who cares more about people than about technology. Okay, thank you. We got that one straight ahead. Uh, Kari Anderson, personal brand, what do you have to say? I'm an opportunity maker who facilitates people using their best talents together more often. And I admire Malcolm Kimberlin, uh, who enabled me to have this opportunity with you today by introducing me to you a couple years ago. I believe that when people use their best talents with people extremely unlike them, they tend to not only accomplish more, but they tend to build positive businesses with less violence and more opportunity. Thank you, Kari. All good brands, good branding statements. Anybody listening, if you turn us off after this, at least you know what three very smart, dedicated career business people have to say. I appreciate that. And now I have the little storytelling segment we all love to hear. It's called What's in Your Cup Today? Tell me anything about what you're drinking right now or what you're planning on drinking after the show. Chris Ewer, what's in your cup or talk to me. Well, given the past week and difficulties I've been through, it should be an Irish coffee uh, from uh, one of our favorite little local San Francisco hangouts. Uh, but this morning, actually, it's just a simple cup of Mexican pour-over coffee from Beachside Cafe. How nice. What, was, what would it be that local cafe you would love to have the Irish coffee from? Oh, my gosh, and um, I forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I much for it all bra- planned out, and I totally <laughs> forgot. That's okay. That's okay. Good to be human on these shows. We appreciate it. You could always interject it later if you remember. Kari Anderson, what are you drinking? Phil's Coffee from Sausalito. I first walked into the place and it was warm and people were smiling and a woman was singing an aria under her breath. Um, Warmth and then confidence, as Amy Cuddy says in Harvard. And it doesn't replace quality of coffee because that's the greatest but to see the consistency and congruence of the brand in this very down-home, almost funky place where the city won't allow them to put their name on the building, <laughs> it's packed, <laughs> and I adore them. Wow. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Jenny Dearborn, what drinkest thou today? Um, well, what I drink is also aligned to my personal brand. I am an athlete and a health nut, and so I am drinking a kale and carrot juice smoothie with whey protein that I made at home before I rode my bike to work. Very. Chris, what does it taste like? Tell us. It tastes awful. <laughs> to, be, to be very frank. Really and we have real. to add direct, honest, and very authentic to your personal brand, Jenny. If you'll all allow me, I have I have a shout-out to my, my beautiful daughter, Rose, in, uh, in just relocated to Durham, North Carolina, and her husband, Stephen. I was down there for Thanksgiving, and they treated me to, again, to their wonderful home-brewed latte on their gigantic Breville machine that looks like something belongs in a coffee shop somewhere. And with great care, 
there. They processed wonderful espresso decaf beans for me, and they swirled the froth milk. And Stephen was able to even able to make a beautifully formed heart in the top of the latte, to my great delight. So thank you, Rose and Stephen, for your wonderful hospitality and the fabulous dinner. So there. Guess what? You might not know it, but you are listening to HR Trends with Game Changers presented by SAP. This is our final episode of Stephen. Season 13, season 3, episode 13, uh, but Sylvia Lennon has assured me they're thinking of coming back for season 4 next year in 2015, and I'm going to hold her to that promise. There's a shout-out to Sylvia. Sylvia's already tweeting at hashtag SAP Radio, and I believe Stephen Thorne is as well, so why don't you join the Twitter party? We'd love your comments. We'd love your questions. I have this Twitter feed alive and well, and I'll be checking it during the show. Our special panel today includes Chris Hewer, the founder of Aligned, in case you're wondering, it's spelled A-L-Y-N-D, Kari Anderson from SayItBetter.com, and Jenny Dearborn, Senior VP and Chief Learning Officer at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, thrilled to be here. We'll be right back with more on Ways to Sway, Secrets of Influence, and Your Personal Brand. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Michael, out. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. With companies like yours competing aggressively for top talent today, HR tactics must be comprehensive and precise. Today's reality? Your organization is faced with the demands of a multi-generational and globalized workforce, diversity and inclusion policies, work-life integration challenges, and more. The bottom line? You need to attract and retain the best fit talent to support your strategies and goals, optimize your employee engagement, and become an industry-leading employer of choice. HR Trends with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Enjoying HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to HR Trends with Game Changers. Here we are, delighted to be here. We're talking about emerging brands, in particular you, your personal brand. How do you get influence that will make your brand better, make your work life better, make your company grow and succeed? Our topic today is Ways to Sway, Secrets of Influence and Personal Brand. And we have invited three experts on this topic. Chris Hewer, the founder of Aligned, A-L-Y-N-D, Kari Anderson, our good friend at SayItBetter.com, and Jenny Dearborn, also our good friend, been on the show many times from SAP, our chief learning officer we're going to kick off a roundtable it's going to go about a full 25 minutes here so panelists 
Please put your seatbelts on. I'm warning you. Chris <laughs> Hewer, let's start out with, let's see, you sent me in your notes before the show. You're talking about the facets of ourselves, and you list these components. What do we want to share? When do we want to share? What is the context? What is your goal in sharing? And how to shift without changing who you are? A lot of meat on the bones there. Chris, why don't you get us started on the roundtable, please? Well, and it's such a complicated topic because we are truly all individuals and unique. Um, and so we're all bringing our own strengths and weaknesses every time we enter a public arena, as you mentioned before, even our email signature is a strong component of our personal brand and what we choose to accentuate. Uh, I mean, just the other day, Kari sent a wonderful email, including a Thanksgiving poem, and that really just speaks to her mm-hmm. heart and really represents her so very well. So mm-hmm. it's wonderful when you can actually just be yourself, and by being yourself, you're reflective of a strong personal brand. Um, but not in every moment do we feel positive or strategic in regards to when we're sharing and what we're sharing and what we're talking about. Um, in many moments over my life, and particularly in the social media era, I've been very vulnerable with certain things that have happened. The time I spent in a Swedish hospital, uh, some times where I've gone through some other personal health issues and, and other you know, emotional struggles, even as the case may be. And in those times, I wasn't really thinking about how I crafted my personal brand. I was thinking about what I needed. It was more you know, me-centric. Mm-hmm. I was in a place where I needed strength and, and camaraderie from my friends. It was in a place where... I needed support in a far-off country. It was in a place where I needed knowledge. And so sometimes it's not about how others think of us. It's about what we need when we're connecting. And we do need to take consciously, or think consciously, rather, about the impact that has on how we're perceived. Now, the question becomes, is it better to follow the fake it till you make it and control everything about you and have a carefully crafted persona? Or is it better to be your true, authentic self alive and true in every one of those moments. And while I strongly believe that the new era that we're entering into is going to reward those elements of the vulnerability and of being the authentic self, we're still in a transitionary period. And I know for a fact that I've lost business as a result of revealing some of these moments of weakness and some of these other challenges that I've been through. So the question has to become, are you okay with that or not? And if you are, then it's perfectly acceptable being who you are in every moment. Um, And if you're not, then you really have to think about, you know, what's more important to you. For me personally, I feel better with myself, and I feel more whole and complete when I am who I am instead of trying to put on a mask. And I think that there are more people leading this way today and living those sorts of personal brands, which bodes well for our future so that we can actually not get into a situation where I'm trying to pretend to be something I'm not, which is one of the chief reasons for raising conflict in the workplace as I see it. But it's definitely something we have to think consciously about in which situations and which signals we're sending in those situations. Thank you, Chris. Great opening. I'm just going to throw something in here before Kari and Jenny join this conversation. Uh, my question to the panel, and just you can just weave it in. Nobody has to answer me directly now. But my question is, when does your personal brand and your work slash personal brand, should there be a chasm? Should there be a, I have my work face on, I have my personal face on? Facebook, is it one page for your business, one page for your personal? How do we keep them from merging and melding? And Chris, as you say, you feel better when it's just one Chris Hewer. You are Chris Hewer. 
story, your feelings, your thoughts, your downsides, your upsides, whatever it is, you are accepting that your authentic self is the best self for you. I don't know if anybody, everybody agrees with that. So Kari and Jenny, uh, Kari, you want to chime in on this? And, and you don't have to answer my question directly, but try to weave it in somewhere. Okay, Kari? Yes, I believe our brand has to be congruent. So some facet of our organization, our company or whatever, if it doesn't ring true for us and if we don't embody it and the way we serve our customers and stakeholders, then we have a bigger problem. So I believe in specificity first. I believe that a brand is one that doesn't just respond quickly but proactively notices what people need and say, would this be helpful to you? And they proactively offer it. And that's the distinguishing and noble uh, way I think our brand can be congruent. Interesting. Jenny Dearborn, thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with Chris's statement. You, you need to have alignment between your personal life and your, per, your professional life. If you are two different people, you're going to get yourself confused. You're going to get yourself tripped mm-hmm. up. Uh, you're going to feel like you're half a person everywhere you are. And, you know, you're going to be one person at a barbecue and something totally different. Um, you, you just can't draw those lines anymore. Maybe 50 years ago when there was a, without social media and without electronics and things like that. But, but in today's age, you can't. And so if you're feeling like you are two different people, then you need to take a step back and ask yourself, am I in the right job? Because I can't be my true self, right? I'm working at a company that, you know, has products that are not aligned to my personal values, um, whatever those might be. And so you need to be one authentic self so that you can, you know, go to work and be you and bring your best self and you can go home and feel really proud about what you did when you're talking to your family and your friends. That needs to be one, one thing. Jenny, I'm going to ask you uh, another side of my question, which is when you're having a bad day, or like Chris said, he was in another country, not in good shape, needed help, needed a boost, needed a, a network to support him in whatever way he did. Would you, is that, does that become part of your personal brand? Do people ever forget your moment of need if it was part of your brand on social media at that time? Does that forever change who you are? And Chris mentioned that he has lost business because of expressing this vulnerability. What's your thought about about letting it all hang out, as we used to say, Jenny? Thoughts? Well, I think you want to be careful about letting it all hang out. I mean, that that mm-hmm. might be inappropriate, but um, but you want to be your true self. And if that leads to potentially losing business, then you know maybe that wasn't the right business for you to have in the first place. I know plenty of people who have lost business because they have stayed very true to their beliefs, and in the end, they feel good about the decisions that they made uh, because if they had taken that business, they would have not you know, been in alignment. And, you know, there's, there's dangers around, you know, being false faced and being different people in different situations. And I think it's, you know, completely fine to be in another country and feel sick and, you know, be vulnerable and transparent about what you need. And if somebody comes around later, Chris, and you lose business because of that, well, shame on them. I mean, that's ridiculous. So um, I think, you know, being vulnerable is a wonderful way of being honest um, and showing that you are a, a real person and that your clients and your business colleagues should respect you for that. Um, you, are, you are building trust with others when you are vulnerable and you let your real self come through. 
Thank you. And I have to read. Thank you very much, Jenny. I have to read a comment. We have a new tweeter here during our live show today. It's Janice Fouts, F-O-U-T-S, tweeting at her Her uh, brand is J-F-O-U-T-S. And she says, I have too much going on to fake my brand. It's me 100%. Like it or not, this is who you deal with. I think we all need to say bravo to Janet, correct? <laughs> she's Absolutely. listening and she's appreciating the conversation. Thank you, Janet, so much. Now, uh, let's go back to Chris. Any comments on this before I head in a slightly different direction with Kari in a new conversation thread? Well, I, I just wanted to add further to Jenny's comments. That she, she really is spot on with it. And, it, again, I really think that we're in a transitionary period as we're entering this new era. And, in fact, this new era we're entering doesn't even really have an accurate name yet. We lack the language, I think, to describe the, the age that we're about to be living in. And so it requires some people to be on the edge and suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune a little bit in order to move us forward and change what it is we value. Um, but I do believe at the end of the day, everything that Jenny said is spot on. Thank you. Um, Bonnie, if yes, you go ahead. something too. Surely. Because, I mean, any guy who quotes Hamlet, I'm like, God, I just got to <laughs> praise you there, Chris. Well done. Um, but, um, I mean, I've, ha- I've had an experience at a previous company where I was getting feedback um, from managers and from supervisors. You know, we really like you. We think you're super smart. We just need you to be a little bit less bold. We need you to tone down what you wear. Uh, we need you just to, you know, and I, I you know, at first I feel like I'm feeling really bad about myself being here. And I finally take, took a step back and saying, they're trying to change, like, not my work product, but me as a person and how I walk into a room. I'm six feet tall. I can't, I'm a very <laughs> noticeable person. You cannot not see me, right? So they, we want you to be a little bit less noticeable. Like, hmm, I think I might be at the wrong company. This was my, at first, after a while of feeling really bad about it, I finally took a step back and say, I can't be who you want me to be. I need to be at a different company so that I can be myself because I'm a big person and I'm a big, bold, loud person. And that, you know, of course, I'll be respectful and professional and all of that, but I also need to be at a company that that gets me. And I think that that's an important takeaway is be yourself and be in an environment that respects that and gets that and honors you and lets you be yourself instead of trying to mold and conform and contort and change. Right. I mean, of course, you want to be mature and re- reflective and and the and ad- able to adapt, but you also need to be true to yourself. Jenny, I this is Bonnie. I I think you must have heard my story on one of that we've done over three hundred shows on the various SAP radio Game Changers radio uh, different theme series. That is an exact mirror of what happened to me working in downtown New York many years ago for a major, major, major bank that's changed its name many times. I was taken aside by a male manager and told, well, ladies don't wear the silk scarf in their hair, Bonnie. They wear it inside their suit jacket. We don't wear a couple of little sequins on our on our business jacket. Those are for outside work. They told me to talk to HR and find out how I could take a brand class, take a how to dress for success class. Jenny, I was the first one on the floor there at 7.15 every morning. I worked a damn hard day. I was running a marketing department by myself, running major events, and all they had to say was we don't like the scarf in your hair so I and by the way I'm only five foot one but it was a great affront I don't know whether to laugh or cry I don't remember what I did but this was back in the early 90s so Jenny whether you're tall or short (laughs) they, they pick on us don't they Jenny 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very but sad. I've told us there's a success yes. story like Zappos, and I was fortunate to go on one of the last tours at the old Zappos building, and the one thing that really stood out was that they encouraged that in everyone. They, they say, let your freak flag fly is their motto, <laughs> but you can read all the books by Tony Shea and everything about Zappos, but the most important thing to understand there is they encouraged everyone to be who they were, and they, they basically reaped the benefits of that action and that decision. And you're talking about employer brand, which is one of the brands I mentioned in the opening of the show, Chris. Thank you. And mentioned that some employers don't, they think it's a, a passing fad. It's not. Your brand has an identity of you as an employer. You're a good place to work, bad place to work. Do you want people to be their authentic selves and give, give, give and be part of the success of the company? Let's move on to a slightly different perspective here. I'm looking at Kari Anderson's discussion statements. And Kari, I picked something I think is very provocative. I think you will like to talk about you say recognize that it will sometimes be uncomfortable to work with people who do not act like you, which we've been talking about, yet it is more likely you will see from more sides the problem or opportunity on which you're working. And then you add, that's why I, as a fast thinker, appreciate working with slow thinkers who often have great ideas after the meeting. As an optimist, I've been saved several times by the real- realistic concerns of pessimists. As a speaker and former journalist, teaming up with different tactics Balance has led to the biggest breakthroughs and enriching camaraderie and learning. A lot to talk about. Kari, why don't you expand this for me? Well, leveraging off of what was just said, we in America tend to talk about ourselves more than most any other culture. And I believe it's one thing to um, encourage people to be their full selves. And Christy Smith in TEDx Beacon Hill did a standing ovation talk on covering about that topic we shouldn't have to cover. But the next real stage is how we act with others so it's not a liability but an asset to collaborate with people who don't act right. That's what I was talking about there. To listen closely, to learn Mm -hmm. that we instinctively get irritated with people who don't act like us, but we only capture the wisdom of the crowd and get more lenses on a situation when we're able to hear each other have a thread to the conversation, which is much less likely these days, responding directly to what each other says, and offer specific suggestions and to be able to disagree and say, that doesn't work for me, this is why. So we iteratively learn from each other. The future and engagement are the people become the glue that holds a diverse group together. And that's the next stage in my view. Thank you very much, Jenny Dearborn. Thoughts? Yeah, I think I want, I mean, I want to, yes, that's, that's a strong <laughs> statement. <laughs> but I also <clears throat> want to take a step back and, and talk a little bit about how people um, define what their personal brand is. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, stay true to your brand and all that stuff. And I remember hearing that a bunch of years ago early in my career and said, but yeah, but how do you figure out what that is for you? And how do you understand you know, you, oh, I want to be in alignment with my brand, but, but what is that? And um, at the top of the call, Bonnie, you asked me what my personal brand is, and I listed adjectives. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that people who are listening could get some value out of a really, really simple exercise to understand what your personal brand is, if I could, if, if, if I may. Yes, um, please. So 
I, I teach a personal branding class uh, here at work, and so one of the exercises I do with people is I say very simply, think about different brands that you value, admire, respect, use in your life that mean a lot to you, and then describe those brands. So pick like a handful, five or so. A clothing, you know, so I'm a female, so I picked a clothing brand, a shoe brand, a car brand, an electronic brand, you know, Apple, you know, um, a grocery brand, a grocery store I chose. Trader Joe's, things, you know, mm-hmm. these are local to the Bay Area, so I'm not going to list them all. Um, and then describe with adjectives those um, those different companies, right? So if you chose a shoe brand, what are the different adjectives that you would use to describe that shoe brand? If you chose a car brand, um, what are the different adjectives you use to describe that car? And and then look for themes. If you have five different brands for different products, and you have three or four different adjectives that you use to describe those different brands, then look for themes. Um, And that's hopefully, if you've done this exercise thoughtfully, um, you have then created the adjectives that describe you, those connections, um, those, those consistencies. Those should be the adjectives that you use to describe you. And then you can sort of take a step back and say, Am I living my life um, at work, at home, in all aspects of my life, consistent with these adjectives? Would other people say that I, would other people use these adjectives to describe me? Would I use these adjectives to describe myself? It's a, it's a nice, easy way to sort of get to the heart of it. Um, and then we can sort of have bigger conversations around, you know, the philosophy and the strategy and the, you know, the, the, deeper meaning of things once we kind of do this simple exercise at the core. Thank you, Jenny. Great, because we promised that this show would be about the secrets of swaying and influence of personal brand, and you just gave some secrets. So thank you very much. Chris, you are. want to hear what you think about Jenny's formula, her exercise. Uh, well, self-reflection is really the key. I think it's the same thing with purpose in life, and most people don't take the time to set aside to actually reflect on those questions. Um, you know, I've asked, uh, well, I've done a lot of career counseling over my life uh, with friends and coworkers alike, and uh, it's almost the same advice that I would give to them every time. It's sit and spend time with yourself to determine, you know, who you are and what it is that actually makes you you. Uh, it's, it's hard for other people to really see that if you don't know yourself first. And so uh, I, I really go back to one of the first important books, I guess, I was ever shown by anyone in a counseling sort of position, my career counselor at high school, who gave me What Color Is Your Parachute? And I still recommend that to many people today, particularly the millennials that I actually end up coaching here and there just out of friendship. So spending that time with yourself to answer those questions is the first step. Then the check-in is a constant check-in is, am I living true to those values? Am I living who I am or have I changed? And it's okay to change. Um, we just want to do that consciously instead of unconsciously. Thank you. Kari, I want your thoughts on, uh, have you read the book, What Color Is Your Parachute? I'm tweeting it right now. And would you agree with, with the steps in the exercise Jenny shared with us? I read it a long time ago, and I interviewed him and became a friend. And I believe in specificity. The brand is when we get specific. The specific detail proves the general conclusion, not the reverse. And when we do that, it's easier to see how we evolve. I really liked what they both said. 
And that clarity and specificity also reduces the chance for people misunderstanding, and it sticks in their mind even if they didn't mean it to. Thank you very much. Any comments, Jenny? Any other thoughts before I move to you? Because I have some notes here I'd like to talk about, Jenny. Anything else about the exercise? Uh, No, that's great. Okay. I'm looking at your your talking points you sent me before the show, and you have mentioned, well, we're giving tips about creating a personal brand, and you say there are three factors that are critical to the authenticity and success of a personal brand. That's what I'd like to hone in on for the next few minutes before we go to our predictions round. I'll just read these three factors and ask you to talk about them, Jenny. You cite consistency, clarity, and commitment. So, Jenny? Yeah, well, consistency is your your actions, your messaging, um, everything that you do. Are you consistent all the time? So that is showing up at work one day. I'm going to create a dramatic story just for fun. So you show up one day in your pajamas, and the next day you show up all sharp in a suit, and then the following day you're sort of, um, you know, look like you're about to go work out at the gym, you know, and then the third day it's, you know, casual Friday. And then the, you know, I mean, it's like your coworkers are like, who are you? Right. You're, (laughs) you know, if you want to dress like a cowboy every day, God bless, do that. But that's who you are. It's, it's going to be really confusing for people around you. If you bring a really different self to work every day, you can, you know, I like the, the Zappos, you know, let your, your flag fly, whoever you are, be yourself, but figure that out and be it. Don't be somebody totally different every day because you're going to, it's too challenging for the people who work with you to figure you out if you are always changing who you are. Um, you know, but take the time to figure it out and then, and then be consistent. Um, and, uh, and then clarity, right? So it's, are you clearly communicating your personal brand and your messaging and does that resonate with others? Um, you know, in, all of your writing, in your presentations, um, in your verbal presentations, in your written work, everything that you're doing, are you clear? And are you being clear in how you're communicating your brand? And then your commitment. And that the commitment really, the results grow over time. Um, and you need to really foster these diligently. So, you know, understanding who you are and making that commitment to be consistent um, so that those around you really can get comfortable and start to trust the brand that you've created, right? So you want to be known at work as somebody who uh, means what they say and they say what they mean and they're going to follow through. And when you say, uh, consider it done, it actually is. And people don't need to, well, let's just wait and see what happens. He said, consider it done, but let me just... Let me just, let's just wait and verify. Trust, but verify, you know. How do you want people to feel and interact with you? So just consistency, clarity, and commitment, and those are really um, key focus areas for us to think about as we are communicating our brand touch points to the world. Thank you, Jenny. I have a question for you. Chris just brought up a recommendation of the book, What Color is Your Parachute, for millennials to read. My question to you, Jenny, and the rest of the panel is, how long does it take to create the brand to understand who you are we're all a work in progress you know what they say uh, I'll let you know when I grow up or I'm never going to grow up all those cute little phrases well a millennial new to the workforce they think they know what they are but or who they are but maybe not so much so what about a brand evolving how does that come into consistency clarity and commitment Jenny first and then Chris and Kari 
Yeah, that's a, that's a challenging one because we want to give people the space to evolve and change and um, grow and mature, right? And, you know, feedback that I received early in my career, you know, I want to be known as somebody who can hear that feedback and adapt and be better. Um, and so I think it's around... Um, we don't want to lock ourselves in, but we do want to say, well, what are the two or three or handful of things that are going to be really consistent for us? I have not read the parachute book, but I know that it's very popular and a lot of people have. Um, but, you know, even if you have these core elements that are true to you, you can still adapt and change around those things. So, you know, one of mine is innovation. I always want to be known as somebody who is sort of on the cutting edge of, of innovation, that is foundational, and that, uh, you know, my style can change around that. I can age and mature around that. I, there's a lot of things that can change and evolve, but that stays fundamental. So um, you absolutely want to give people, especially millennials, especially anybody, just always mm-hmm. the space to grow and adapt and mature um, and better themselves, uh, but they also need to know what is foundational and fundamental to them. Thank you. Great answer. Chris Hewer, what, what's foundational to you? What's your thought about brands changing and evolving as we mature or not so much? Well, it, it, it's the natural course of evolution, but unfortunately, as we know in regards to our personal relationships, um, it's the, the paradox that we fight as well, is that we, we crave that consistency, but meanwhile, a big portion of our brain needs things to change and to have variety. So we are living paradoxes in this regard, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's easier to allow for, you know, an individual business relationship and the individual's brand to evolve somewhat, um, and less easy for a company brand to evolve. It's why people spend so much time and effort and money in planning for a rebranding. Um, I've seen a couple of companies recently who have actually undertaken a rebranding and not called it a rebranding because they don't want it associated with that because they want the consistency and the great traits of their prior brand strength to live on. Um, but at the same time, needing it to be fresh and new uh, to attract new kind of relationships and new customers. So it, it's definitely a challenge uh, as we look at that inside. But we, we are changing every day, and we have to accept that. And I think that's part of, again, this emerging world where people are more accepting of that sort of change. Um, but at the same time, there's still inherent resistance to it. Uh, what would be... Yeah, go ahead, Jenny. I just, to, I just want to jump into something that Chris said. So yes. there, there's um, <clears throat> a concept around brand permission, brand liability, brand equity, and different companies are labeled with these, with, with these different um, titles. So a, a company like Google has brand permission to try different things because at the very core of their brand is innovation. We've always known, they've been very good about um, letting the business world know that 10% of every employee's time is to sit and think of brand new things that haven't existed before in the world, right? It doesn't matter what it is. A big part of your job, you're hired because you're super smart, not because we're going to stick you in this box and make you do this job. You're going to do this job and you, 10% of your time needs to think about big ideas to change the world, regardless of what it is. So why is Google, which is a company that you know, started as a search company, why are they allowed to create a contact lens that measures blood sugar? How come they're, what, huh? They're a technology, how come they're allowed to do, why is the world saying that's okay for them to do that? Because they have brand permission. 
to be innovative. Why is a search company allowed to create a self-driving car? Because the world says, you, your brand is innovation. Anything that has to do mm-hmm. with you know, breaking the boundaries and trying new things and making the world a better place, we expect that from you. You have brand permission. Other brands have brand liability. You know, why would, I'm going to make something completely up and I don't want to offend you, but Mm -hmm. why is the Gap, you know, they make jeans or something, they're a fashion company, would we be okay if they went into the aerospace industry? No. They would be like, (laughs) and I just made that up. You You know, they don't have brand permission to do that because that's not part of who they are. That's not part of their core brand. And you can think of all sorts of companies that if they were to go try something new, that would be a brand. Uh, they would, don't have brand permission to do that. Maybe they have brand liability because they've tried to do something innovative in the past and it has fallen you know, short of expectations. Mm-hmm. So now they have brand liability. You know? So you can, think of, you can sort of take that example and put it on, into the personal situation and... You know, I'm, I'm always the type of person that goes above and beyond. So then on the one day where I fall short and I don't get my yes. report in on time, that's okay. I, people are going to give me the benefit of the doubt because I've got that brand equity, you know, as a person. So what are you doing as a person to create brand equity with others so that when you do, like Chris said, get sick in another country or something bad happens that's outside of your control, people are like, that's cool. I'm okay with that. You have brand permit as opposed to brand liabilities like, oh, here we go again. So-and-so with their another excuse. Mm-hmm. Good, good points. Kari, I want to hear what you have to say. We're, we've got a lot in the discussion right now. <laughs> I believe it's the narrow, the thin slicing of it, and Google's a good example it's not, quote, just innovation, but they've attracted and rewarded and recognized people for their hybrid intelligences and for their clarity about their top talent and their temperament. So it's congruent that those people are looking for things and individuals within the company that they can collaborate with to go further. So three things. I believe that we evolve, but we have a core self that we take our lifetime sometimes to understand. Mm-hmm. What is our top talent? What is our temperament and the flip sides? And what are the core things that matter most to us as topic areas? And those, that last one may evolve. But that's why I say, whatever my talent is, seek out people with complementary talents. Whatever a company's main core specific strength is, the more they're concrete about it, they can differentiate and evolve based on that. So temperament, talent, core interest, where you as an individual will find that the things that most matter to you, who's working on them, what are the greatest companies, how do you align with them or work with them, those three things, I think, are the way that we get more concrete about how we accomplish more with others, and thus our brand shines from them. Thank you very much, Kari. All good points as well. Jenny, you have I, something I mean, to say? Um, oh, Chris. Well, yeah. Kari, as always, inspires me. So let me see if I can get this in a tweet size sort of thought here. Um, <laughs> He's a pattern seeker, by the um, way. Pursuit of talent. purpose requires diversity of talent. Um, it, it really does mean all of us working together in this way and in order to really accomplish our objectives and goals as an organization or as an individual. Um, we need to actually build that on a foundation of trust. And it's that trust in the diversity mm-hmm. that will allow us to ultimately accomplish our higher purpose. 
Great point. A lot of tweetables in there. Now, we are down to the wire here. We have eight minutes till the close. And before I move in, we're going to skip the break. Uh, you're all just going 100,000 miles an hour, and I don't want to stop this conversation. It's too good. That's a compliment to the panel. But I want to pick up on one more point from Chris Ewer's notes that I, I know the listeners will appreciate. Chris, you say, keep your story current, a moment in digital time. And then you, you pose mm-hmm. the question, do you update your bio, change your story Change, your story should change as your life and persona changes. Personal development is more important than professional development. A lot of uh, provocative <laughs> statements in there. But, Chris, in the little bit of time before I'm going to ask you to go right into your predictions, why don't you tell us how often should people update their bio? Because your bio is part of your personal brand and your professional brand for people who haven't met you yet. They may see you on uh, like CareerBuilderMonster.com, the ladders. They may see you on LinkedIn. But how often do you update your bio. What are your thoughts on that? And then we'll quickly roll it around to Kari and Jenny, and then we'll go into predictions. So, Chris, just a few thoughts, please. Well, if, if you listen to the personal branding experts, and unfortunately there are people out there with that title, um, <laughs> that, they, they essentially recommend to do that regularly, and it's a way to stay not only current with what is your current story and who are you, um, but it's a way to stay in front of other people so you can stay top of mind as well. Um, okay. I don't know that you necessarily need to be updating a LinkedIn profile every week, per se, but, you know, when we were planning this show or first starting to talk about it a few months ago, I didn't give you my bio then because I'm said I'm sure I'm going to improve it as it goes. Ah. What I found <laughs> is that as I tell and share my story, it's constantly evolving and growing, and people are giving me better words and better ways to express. Uh, who I am. And I have one last little quote here. I was fortunate to go to a sunrise ceremony with a Native American Indian tribe. And during that time and and the time with the chief, um, he shared with me this thought. The greatest power in the world exists in the true naming of things. Mm. Because it's the greatest way that we can connect with each other through this common understanding. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Very powerful. Now, Chris Hewer, it's time for the predictions round. Crystal Ball, we have four minutes left till I have to close the show, so I'm going to give you exactly one minute for predictions. Chris, if we met again in 2020, and I hope we meet long before then, my friend, uh, what would you say about the influencing other people, about personal brand, about employer brand? What will have changed? Let's go to the year 2020 if you can. So, Chris, one minute, predictions, any year you choose, go. Yeah, I just think we're going to be living in this world where everyone's expected to be themselves. And in fact, so much of ourselves is lived transparently online that those who try to mask what it is that they are are going to be the ones who are more penalized than those who live who they are. Okay, brief and to the point. Thank you very much. And Kari Anderson, uh, he took a little less than a minute, so I'll give you a minute and 20 seconds for your predictions. Go. The key brand and the key talent to succeed in work and life is increasingly going to be the capacity to solve problems and seize opportunities faster and better than others because you've built trusted relationships with diverse others around sweet spots of shared interest. So you and they are willing to leap into action to accomplish something greater together than you can on your own. In brief, opportunity makers will be the most valuable, sought-after people in any work or cause. Thank you. I have a question for you quickly, Kari. Uh, a lot of people say they're opportunity makers, but they're really thinking out loud and they haven't thought it through. How do you judge the people who really are making real opportunities that really might happen versus those who are just, I don't know, thinking out loud? Any quick thoughts on authenticity there? Um, specificity. They're speaking to the us in a situation sooner. They speak to the shared sweet spot of mutual interest. That's a sure sign. 
Thank you very much. Jenny Dearborn, I can give you a whole, well, you actually can take, ooh, a minute and a half for your predictions because we have a little left over time. I know, you're so lucky. You're welcome. Go, go. Uh, My (laughs) prediction is that every person will have a brand score, a personal brand score, uh, similar to Glassdoor.com or something, which is an anonymous site that rates companies. Um, Mm -hmm. There will be something also similar, anonymous, that rates people, and you will have a marker or a, a, a score, um, similar to LinkedIn, where you have an endorse, you know, endorsements. Um, the the downside of the endorsements is you could have your cousin rate you for cloud computing, and they don't know anything about cloud computing, so it's actually not a meaningful endorsement. But you mm-hmm. will have based on the the uh, level and the status of who is recommending you, then that score will go up or something like that. But everybody will know someone else's brand score. Um, and that might be something that is in your professional bio. It might be something that's on your resume, et cetera. But it will be very transparent. Interesting. Universal, uh, but I believe there will be different ones. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's certainly possible, I think. But uh, professionally, in corporations, I think that people will have a score marker that identifies um, their, their management it, capability, their trust, their leadership score, everything combined into a brand score. Is that Those similar to what... Those of you who know me the, out there, yep, no, I fully yep. believe in that. I, I, I'm sure you do. Question, question Jenny. Uh, people are, are rating others on LinkedIn for... I see some of the ratings. People recommend me for stuff. They have no clue whether I do it or not. It doesn't match anything I do. How phony baloney is that? Really? Yeah, it's pretty phony. I, I mean, I okay. think that, they, uh, that LinkedIn needs to um, uh, calibrate that algorithm so that there is some way of having that be meaningful. Because when my cousin and cousin recommends me for cloud computing and she's a very lovely person but a stay-home housewife, how does she know? So there you go. There you go. Over, Thank ridiculous. you. So I don't look at it in other people, and I don't think they look at it in me. Guess what? I have... I have some predictions of my own. My prediction is that we're going to have HR Trends with Game Changers come back either Q1 or Q2 in 2015. That's a direct message and a, an invitation to Sylvia Lennon and Stephen Thorne, who've done a marvelous job of owning the editorial calendar and bringing me such wonderful guests as the three people we've had today. Chris Hewer from Aligned. I think I said it all right, Chris. Kari Anderson at SayItBetter.com, and you certainly do, and Jenny Dearborn at SAP Chief Learning Officer. A shout-out to our new friend. And Janet Fouts, who's been tweeting exceedingly well for us. Thank you so much. She says, Kari Anderson is my role model for being an opportunity maker. There you go, Kari. There's a shout out. You can respond to Janet at J. Fouts at, uh, at Twitter. Yes, there we go. And thank you to Sylvia and Stephen for being so wonderful about putting together a great calendar. As I said, Michael and the Business Channel team, thanks for being our engineer here at World Talk Radio. And let's see, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, take the day off. Tomorrow, we'll be back Wednesday with Coffee Break with Game Changers. It Visiting again the Industrial Internet Part 3 with three extraordinary thought leaders on Wednesday afternoon. It's another episode live of Internet with Things with Game Changers. Thursday morning is Innovating Innovation with Game Changers. Next week, the Customer Edge with Game Changers and Future of Business Plus Coffee Break. If you know what I'm doing, uh, just let me know, okay? Find me at BizBreak Radio on Twitter. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another wonderful season of HR Trends with Game Changers. And here's my call to action. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to HR Trends with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. 
To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. We'll be right back.